You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps, retired standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. Welcome to Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Peter Robinson. In 2016, the Trudeau government enacted legislation making it illegal to discriminate on the ground of, quote, gender expression, close quote. Jordan Peterson, a clinical psychologist at the University of Toronto, objected. In particular, he flatly refused to use politically correct gender pronouns, said so in videos, and went viral. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Great patriots of the world, this is the gunny, and I'm back live. Yes. I took a hiatus. What in the world is a hiatus? Well, according to the English Oxford Dictionary, it's a pause or gap in a sequence, series, or process. So over the last week, you have listened to what I would consider the Gunnies' best episodes. But now, we're back. What we're going to discuss today is very important in your life. What I mean by that is prioritizing your life. Not from work, not from doing chores, but the reality of this world, not based upon what you would consider the world telling you what your priorities are. That's a big issue with all of us on this planet, when we listen to other people to tell us what our priorities, according to reality, are. So, I'm going to present to you tonight, if you have not heard this unbelievable, awesome, person, psychologist, individual of this world, then maybe you don't understand how to prioritize your attention to reality and not the world. Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson. 
by any measure is the most famous now, which I think is awesome. Canadian professor of clinical psychology in the world. He's also a deep thinker and a best-selling author. And his amassed huge following through podcasts, YouTube, speaking public, he deserves, and rightfully so, the platform that he has. So I'm going to present to you his interview with the leftist Stanford University. Classical liberalism seminar that was given in the Graduate School of Business at Stanford. So he was there. I don't know why. I don't know how they allowed him to even do this. Maybe it's because the Hoover Institute, which hosted it. I don't know. But the point is, he is talking to all these liberals. Well, maybe a couple dozen in this classic liberal seminar that they have in Stanford. But what he tells these young people is profound. That's the best way to say it. It is profound. And this man has gone through many things in his life. Matter of fact, he had psychological issues that he had to take care of because of so much of his world and investigation overwhelmed this psychologist. And rightfully so, because when you're dealing with so much hate and so much despair in a person's life, not his, but just in general, then this is what going, what's going to happen to a person. They're going to get to this low. And fortunately... When this man got to the bottom, he realized that God is real. He realized that this world that we live in is just a moment in time and there is an afterlife. There is a place that Jesus Christ is going to take us to. And he finally, finally realizes that. However, he still has to deal with this world like the rest of us. So 
we're going to start off with the first part of three clips that I'm going to play for you tonight. And then we're going to discuss what he says, especially how it applies to me, but hopefully how it applies to you as the listeners of the Patriot Cause. Without further ado, let's listen to the first clip of this hour. Not going to play an hour. I have in the show notes where you can go watch the full hour YouTube, which I highly suggest that you do. But I pulled out parts of this interview so that we can have at least a foundation of what prioritizing your attention is all about. The February protest by Canadian truckers, Mm. the protesting COVID restrictions, some of them block border crossings, some of them snarl the capital city of Ottawa, a quotation, then a video clip. Here's the quotation. You, in a message you taped for the protesters, I'd like to commend all of you for your diligence and work on accomplishing what you have under trying conditions and also for keeping your heads in a way that's been a model for the entire world. Close quote. Now the clip. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or a Confederate flag or the insults and jeers just because they're wearing a mask. That's not who Canada, who Canadians are. All right, so here's wow. the first... can the hardly fir- even look at him. Here's, here's the first question. How can discourse in a great democracy have become so polarized that Jordan Peterson and the Prime Minister look at exactly the same set of events and come to opposite conclusions about them? Well, he's lying, and I'm not. So that's a big part of the, that's a big part of the issue. I don't believe that he ever says a word that's true from what I've been able to observe. It's all stage acting. He's crafted a persona. He has a particular instrumental goal in mind, and everything is subordinated to serve that. Why? What's the motivation? uh, The same motivation that generally that's generally typical of people who are narcissistic, which is to uh, be accredited with moral virtue in the absence of the work necessary to actually attain it. Dr. Peterson talks about that Trudeau is lying and I am not. The difference is virtue. Integrity of oneself. And most of the citizens of this planet have that because we worked hard in our life to produce our lives. 
but like Trudeau and many of them, they didn't have to work for anything because they're elitist. And they have a platform, a microphone to say whatever they want to say, even if it's a lie, which, by the way, they believe in it. Why? Because all the elites, all the politicians across this globe agree this is what you say in front of a mic, whether it is true or not. And when he's talking about these people, these human beings protesting in the capital of Canadian land in the city, none of these people, none of them said anything bad or did anything bad towards the people of that city. However, these dictators don't care. They twist every event towards themselves as narcissistic people. And when they say this is not the truth, then they develop in their mind what the truth is. And this is what happened in Canada. Millions of people stood up and the government, led by this spoilt, rotten elitist, has produced a government, a system that is changing in Canada, which we're facing in America, towards these tyranny elite people taking over your mind, your thought, everything that is associated with you. Because it's real simple. They know better than you do. So we're going to go to the second clip of three that I'm going to present to you tonight. But you need to see the full hour and get the full impact of what Dr. Jordan is telling us. And fortunately, the liberals in Stanford. So this is part two. University faculty, poll after poll of party affiliation in this country, I'm sure it's the same in Canada. The university faculty have been to the left for a long time. But this wokeness is something new. What's the transmission mechanism? What happened? And how did it happen in still a small single-digit number of years? 
Yeah, well, that's a tough question, you know. I mean, uh, I've tried to put my finger on the essential elements of what you might describe as political correctness or wokeness, and I've done that a variety of ways. I had a student, for example, this is quite a promising line of research. Her name, Christine Brophy, was, was her name. Um, we, the first thing we wanted to find out was, well, is there really such a thing as political correctness or wokeness, right? Because it's vague. Can you identify it? Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I meant that psychometrically because psychologists for 40 years have been trying to, one of the things that psychologists have been wrestling with is <clears throat> construct val validation, that's the technical problem, is how do you know when you put a concept forward whether it bears any relationship to some underlying reality and so you can think of, well, is there such a thing as emotional intelligence? Is there such a thing as self-esteem? Um, is there such a thing as political correctness? Mm -hmm. And so the proper answer to that is, well, we don't know, but there are ways of finding out. And so one of the ways you find out is you want to see if the construct assesses something that's unique and that it does that in a manner that's separate from other similar constructs in a, in a revealing and important way. There's a whole theory uh, of of methodology that goes, that should inform your efforts to answer such questions. So for example, if you're a clinician, you might want to differentiate between depression and anxiety, keeping the concepts importantly separate so they have functional utility, but also accounting for the overlap because they're both negative emotions, for example. It's, it's part of epistemological mapping. And so we asked a large number of people, a very large number of political questions, trying to oversample questions that had been put forward in the media and in the public sphere as indicative of politically correct beliefs. Right. And then we did the appropriate statistical analysis to see if the questions hung together. And so they hang together if question A is politically correct, let's say, you answer it positively, and question B is politically correct, and you answer it positively, if there's a large correlation between those two questions, then you think, well, they're assessing some underlying, I don't have to tell you all this, but you know this if you know anything about statistics, then you know that there's something underlying that's holding them together. And we identified a set of beliefs that were ob ob observable or identifiable, easily identifiable right. as politically correct. So then the question, so that it exists, then the question is, where does it come from? And we haven't done empirical analysis of that, but I think if you're f reasonably familiar with the history of ideas, you can see two streams, two broad streams. One is a postmodern stream that basically emerged out of literary criticism, and it's predicated on what I think is actually a fundamental and a valid critique, which is that uh, it's very, very difficult to lay out a description of the world without that description being informed by some value structure. That's, that's at the core of what's useful about the postmodern critique. I think that's at the core of it. And I actually happen to believe that. I don't think you can look at the world except through a structure of value. The question then is, well, what is the structure of value? And also, what do you mean by a structure of value? And that's where the postmodernists went wrong and where I think our whole society went wrong because the radical left types who were simultaneously postmodern turned to Marxism to answer that question and said, well, we organize our perceptions as a consequence of the will to power. Let's talk about the will 
to power. In America, this country and the Constitution, like I've said over and over again, the power is in the people, not the elitists, not those individuals that now are living in the basement of their parents and someday is going to be the leaders of this world. That's where we're at. That's what he's talking about. The universities are dumbing down our society for a purpose so that the communists can control you in this country. It's a matter of time, which has been happening over the last 60 or so years, where these elitists, these communists, and their narcissistic ideas that I'm better than you. I know what you need. They're taking over this country. And that's the problem. So the issue is prioritizing your attention, like I was talking about. If enough Americans can get out of this conceptual media propaganda and realize that you actually have power in the Constitution and we have the ability to replace these elitists, not only through voting, but through the judicial system of holding these elected and non-elective officials accountable for their actions. Now, everybody wants to hang them. I get that. Treason, etc. But the issue is not the aftermath. The issue is before that happens. How do we as a country come back into an environment where the people are running the country and these elitists are pushed aside like rag dolls that there truly are? All right, so this is part three. Again, to listen to the full episode of this interview which by the way is the best hands down interview that I have ever heard from Dr. Jordan Peterson it's awesome it even shook me to my bones with all of my research and the two and a half years of you know, talking about on the podcast about communism, the world in general, 
to me, this is the greatest psychologist professor associated with the world and social issues that has ever existed in my lifetime. So this is part three of the podcast with Dr. Jordan Peterson. I believe that we see the world through a narrative framework. And so that, if that's true, and we could talk a little bit about that, what I mean by that, I think you need a mechanism to prioritize your attention. And to, because attention is a finite resource and it's costly, so you have to prioritize it. And there's no difference between prioritizing your attention and imposing a value structure. Those are the same thing. And then I think that the mechanisms that we use to prioritize our attention are stories. And that means that the people who criticize our stories actually have way more power than you think because they're actually criticizing the mechanism through which we look at the world. And so the postmodernists would say, look, you even look at the scientific world through a value-laden lens. And I think, yeah, you do. Uh, they're right. But what they're not right about is that the lens is one of power. And now, for someone like Nietzsche, mm -hmm. The thing about a word like power is you can expand the thing, the borders of the word, to encompass virtually any phenomena you want. And so that's why I tried to define right. power as my willingness to use compulsion on you or other people. Um, because power can be authority, power can be competence. I don't mean any of that. I mean you don't get what you, right. to do what you want. Coercion. I get to tell you. Coercion, exactly. And, uh, and I do think the Marxist types view the willingness to use coercion as the driving force of human history. And that's really saying something, because that means it's the fundamental motivation. Great patriots, here's how simple this is. Your value. What do you believe in? What do you structure your life in? And this is what Dr. Jordan Peter, Peterson is talking about. What he is saying is the Marxists, the communists, you heard it from him, want to dictate to you what your values are instead of you using your values to dictate your life. And it's real simple. You can be in this world and you can live in this world and you can continue to accept the changes of this world or, real simple, you can rely on the God that created you. And therefore, your values will not change. The reason behind that is because God doesn't change, ever. His values are the truth, and it should be our values. This is from... Matthew 16, 26 of the Bible. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world 
yet forfeit their soul. That's what these people are and what they're doing. Their values is not in the God that created him, but in the world. And this is what Jesus prayed for us to understand that we are not of this world no longer. And it doesn't matter what the world does. We can talk about it. We can have podcasts about it. But the bottom line is this. If you are not of this world and give your faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior of the world, in the world, by the world, for eternity, then you will agree with John 15, 19. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own, which is exactly what is happening. These people of the world are being loved by the world. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. This is what we're dealing with. God has selected us, whether you believe it or not. He has selected you to be outside and not listen and not pay attention to this world, but continue to pay attention to the God that created you. I love the idea even though I listen and I do the research of how terrible this world is. But what I know for truth in my heart, which makes me ecstatic and glad, is this is not the world that God intended us to be in. Therefore, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, I'm able to leave this world and go into eternity with the God that created me. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm back. I'm going to work very hard to get podcasts out to you. And thank you very much for listening. Please share the podcast so I can get uh, not just me, but us get more listeners to the truth. Again, I do the research 
so you do not have to. This is The Gunning Out. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell. Let's make a Ford and a Chevy that'll still last ten years like the Best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.